podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Ringside Fracas. I'm your host Naeem for today and today I'm joined by my lovely guests Jide and Samson. Jide, how are you bro? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, that was an absolute accident. I don't no, know. Worries, man, no <laughs> my phone just malfunctioned, but I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, bro. Thank you. Samson, how are you today? Yeah, I'm sweet, man. Not bad at all. So we're going to start off with something I'm enjoying. Samson, you're king. He, he liked one of my, my tweets, Leonard Ellaby. If you're watching, oh. Leonard, give us that, you know, um, PBC plug. We want to be ringside PBC for the Europe, man. We can get it popping, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll run PBC agendas if it means we get a we bag. Can, you know? The media team, we can get up in the commentary that like, we don't mind. It's fine. <laughs> Jida, are you, you going to run the agendas? <laughs> hey, listen, if we're getting paid, hey, listen, investments <laughs> and sliced bread, are you mad? Forget <laughs> if Leonard's ready to drop the check, listen, I'll run that agenda all day. I'm, I'm here to get paid, baby. So, <laughs> a man I mean, can really truly confess his love for Spence. Fam, I can be bought. I can be bought. I'll, listen, I'll, I I can be bought. I'll tell you that for free. Money will end, money will end the cold war between Jide and Samson. <laughs> um, I mean, this week was a great week as return of British boxing, and we've got a lot of fights this month coming up. You know, um, pretty happy. We we didn't have boxing for a month. It was a bit dry in the UK, so we have a lot to go through this week, don't we? So let's start off with the British, big British fight, the domestic fight, the middleweight bout between Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Williams. Chris Eubank won a UD after getting three knockdowns over Liam Williams. So how did you guys win that fight? Four. Was it four? Oh, it was four. It was four. My bad. Thank four, you, yeah. four knockdowns over Liam Williams. He couldn't finish him, the bum. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to come to you first, Samson. What was your thoughts about the fight and uh, Eubank's performance? I ain't going to lie, yeah. I go through this uh, up and down um, thing with Eubank where I declare. Uh, I declare him the best thing since last bread and I turn around and say, yeah, he's dead. He's finished. But uh, right now, we're back on the top of the peak right now. Buying up all the stocks available. Chris Eubank for the world. <laughs> Come on, GGG. We'll smash him up. Send that old man to retirement. Like, it was easy and that's work for Eubank yesterday. Easy and that's work. Um, I know people are trying to sleep him about his second half of the performance, but personally, I saw what was going on there. This was a complete embarrassment job. It made Williams look like bummy is. And if I was um, Eubank, personally, I'd have trolled more because what people are forgetting is that Williams literally talked and tweeted his way into this fight. He didn't deserve to ever be in the ring with him, but he tweeted his way into a fight by trolling him, and he got dropped on four jabs. No, three jabs. Yeah, it was three jabs. And after claiming you ain't got no power and so forth, so forth, and you literally got scored and embarrassed. It was bad because I really want to see what the punch stats were and how many actual punches were landed for Williams because the way he was catching air, honestly, it was nuts. He was swinging and missing. Eubanks looks a million bucks. Ray Jones Jr. Like, like it was you no know, like you go, you know, you go to Apple, yeah, you go to App Store. You can buy the full, you can buy the full app, you can get the um 
the version that's light. That was right. That was what happened. We saw that last night. We got Roy Jones Jr. Eubank light last night, and I loved it. Like okay, the second half fundamentals was a bit sloppy and so forth, but mate, I'm buying all and Chris Eubank again. Bring on GGG. <laughs> that's a bit of, of bit of a big statement, but fair enough. Uh, Jida, how did you find the performance uh, last night, and what do you think about Eubank Jr. as a whole? Um, Eubank Jr. He done he done what he's wanted to do. He he basically had his way in the first six rounds. Um, like Samson said, it was Roy Jones Jr. Light, who's my favorite fighter ever. So seeing that fight, I was I was just flashbacks, man. Flashbacks to the good old days. But obviously, it's not Roy Jones. He's not as good. But this is a, this is me addressing Leroy. I wish it was um, Doctor Lee was on this pod right now. He likes to flap out the gums saying that Roy Jones doesn't have no technical ability, this is where he needs to stop it. What Roy is trying to teach Chris Eubank to do is disguise his punches, his hide his shots. The reason why Eubank was able to drop my man four times, to be fair, for me, I count three. The fourth one, one of them was like more of a push than an actual knockdown, but it still went down. It was but, the first thing went down. Yeah, yeah. But still, the reason why he was able to knock these, this guy down with the jab was because it wasn't a televised jab. It was a counter jab. He disguised it, he hid it, and he threw it just as Williams was coming forward. Again, Roy, he's not Roy, but if Dr. Lee goes back and actually watch Roy Jones Jr. Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> fight, he will see that this guy was... The reason why David Hay came to exist, even Manny Pacquiao to an extent, and a lot of ambush, quote-unquote, fighters, was based off Roy. Staying on the outside wide stance like just pe like not peekable just teasing the your teasing the opponent drawing them in the technical ability the, the fact that you have to put your feet a certain way you have to be able to judge distance a certain way you have to have an understanding of of boxing to us at an, such a high level where you don't have your jab to be in a pocket to try measure your opponent and see okay this is he's at this distance then I can jump in and throw a hook or He's not doing that with you. He's he's looking at you. He's got his construct in, in front of you. His hands are down. His left hand is swinging down. That is like a pendulum. It's luring you, luring you in. And as soon as you try and jump in or do something stupid, a count was coming. And that's how Chris Eubank was doing. And that's what Roy used to do. The difference between Roy and Chris is Roy will throw hooks, will throw a combination and just knock your lights out. Roy didn't hit harder than the likes of Iron Barkley. He didn't hit, hit harder than a lot of these guys. But he had more stoppages than them because he disguised his punches and lured you in and knocked you out. So Dr. Lee put some respect on my goat's name. But anyway, <laughs> can, yeah. can I just add to that though? Yeah. yeah Much I agree with what Chris Ubeck was doing. There was a massive element of um of Williams literally running head first as well. Oh yeah, that no, 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 of course. Of no, no, of course. Don't I'm not I'm not here to try to say Williams is some fucking prime GGG pressure fighting um supremo. No, I'm not I'm not that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that based on what we see, you can clearly see what um, Roy is doing for Chris. Remember, a lot of one of the major criticisms of Chris Eubank was he couldn't jab. He didn't have a jab. Yeah. He's a hooker and an uppercut merchant. But the fact that you can knock someone down three to four times on your jab, on a counter jab, even said it in this post-fight interview that um, 
he just wanted to show uh, again. I don't low key. I don't believe him fully, but he said he just wanted to show that show the people he can jab and he could do different things, which is why he didn't stop Williams. But yeah, whatever. But <laughs> it just shows that if you know how to disguise your punches and he's been learning certain technical and certain tactical intricacies in his game, and it's making him that is definitely above domestic level. No one can say Will um Eubank is domestic level. He beat Williams better than a world champion. So. We Do have that, to... Bob. <laughs> Your boy, Andre. So we have we have to we have to give Chris his, his dues, man. We have to give him his dues. I give him his dues. The thing that I sort of um don't agree with what he was saying was uh, I wanted to punish him and make him look bad. I think that he, he he did make him look bad and he did punish him, especially in the first six rounds. I think he, he probably did want to get the finish, but in round twelve and everything, he realized especially with the style and we've seen from Chris that he does have a bit of stamina issues in the sense that he's not he can put output especially in the first few rounds but going on to the later rounds his output decreases by a, by a big margin and he, here in that Roy Jones style he's using his feet often more so and he's not used to that style of moving around more so i think i think we saw a bit of that element where he had to lower his output so he could actually move around more and box the way he was boxing um, up until round 12 and then in round 12 he decided I can just make him look like a clown and just decision him because now there's nothing going to happen because I've completely won the fight um, Yeah, I, I would say the danger with this style is the age this style relies on, it's a youthful style, so yeah. it relies on athleticism and yes you're right as he's 32 he can't do this for 2-3 years max. It's probably last year, it's probably his last year of like physical prime it, Yeah. It, they say it's your your physical prime comes between around like 27 to 33 so this is sort of his like last year of him being able to be that athletic because in his prime he's probably the most athletic guy in the division it's just his i think, I think he, well, he keeps himself though he'll probably he'll definitely outlast for a lot longer than that like he's really yeah, no no he, he might last longer than but your body's your body you it, it will still won't be able to the, there'll be the aerobic output There'll be a lot of different things like injuries in, in, in sparring and things that would make it harder for him to be able to implement that style to its highest degree. Like, I wish, I really, really wish Roy Jones got his hands on him when Chris was 24. Like, bro, imagine he had him at that time when he was actually in his youthful prime. He's 24. He built him up to he was 28. We were... Boy, I don't. I'm not. I'm not interested to say it will be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but the middleweight division has been lacking, and it's been lacking yeah. in terms of talent. It's been lacking in terms of personality. No, nah, I think talent is definitely been like jammed. Talent, like, talent, mm, because these so. guys, I'm sorry, I, I, I just don't. I, I struggle to rate these guys. And right now, it's lacking. Yeah, it's not just right. Charlo and the guys that I have an agenda against. I, it's all these guys. <laughs> It's all these guys. The, the only two guys that were good and they fought well done. But instead of giving way to the new era to fight each other, the likes of GGG letting, giving Andre, giving Charlo, giving all these guys an opportunity. He's not doing that. He's he's rather cooped up, praying for a third fight. Canelo's doing Canelo thing. I can't criticise that guy anymore. And you just have these, the rest of these guys don't want to fight each other. It's just, so if, if Chris Eubank wasn't, like hidden and wasn't doing bullshit like he was doing and was actually a live name in that in that division, that's another name we could have thrown in the mix. Again, I'm not saying he would have fought these guys because again, this division is just fucking weird. But if he could, if he did, that 
it would look good. Do you know what I mean? It'd be a good look for the division, but yo. Uh, the one thing I'd say with Eubank is I know one of his fans is pissed about him because he said he could have finished the fight, but he didn't. You, you, have you not seen that DM that he got from his fan where he said before the fight, uh, um, I bet my house was it or life savings on you. Yeah, it's Tom Williams. And then imagine being that fan, seeing um, Eubank in the post-fight interview. I could have stopped him, but I didn't. <laughs> 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 you bet your life savings. It, listen, he should have given me his money. I'd have put all his peas on Ethereum or some bullshit like that. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have gone casino and slapped all the peas on red. Like who bets their whole life savings on a boxing fight? Yeah, you, got, you got you got to run that DM back. Like okay, bro. Since you could have stopped him, he chose not to run that back. <laughs> <laughs> Rob me my peas. <laughs> what What do you guys think's next for Eubank Jr. If 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 we're being realistic, what fight do you think is next for him? He's got to chase. He's got to chase the um, WBO, route, I believe, isn't it? Um, WBA, I think. BA, oh, BA, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's going down that route. Like it, he, he claims he wants more titles. Even though personally, I don't think he necessarily really cares. I think you best in that position where I like to call it the matchroom belt. Yeah, where um, you can just fight commercial fights. Essentially, <laughs> and he's still taking shots. <laughs> I don't know. Like, point being, like you. Rather than chasing the belts, which don't necessarily make the biggest money, you can you can fight a lot of domestic or commercial fights and make big buck and do good pay-per-view numbers. Really and truly, in my opinion, Billy John Saunders is a fantastic matchup right now. Yeah. Like that does that does great numbers. It yeah. drives good great interest. They both can sell the fight. They're both, you know, they've got rivalry, they've got history already. It's sick. I, I'm I'm really like I'm I'm basically promoting the fight right now. Do you know what I mean? Like the idea yeah. of that fight being made is, is sick. And I, I prefer that to probably any fight, you can, unless you're going to go get GGG. But even then, everyone's going to say he's an old man anyway, you're going to get no credit. No, but you know he's not going to win the fight. Uh, he's not going to get the fight. But if he gets... If he, huh? He's not going to win it. Of course he's he will. One hand can wait, 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 wait. No, you won't. The, the, what, the, the Triple G that struggled with um, Javrenchenko? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, mate. Oh, I promise you, the 40-year-old GGG is food. Which is why he's not trying to fight these guys. Who's, who's Eubank Jr. beat? That's worth of. Doesn't matter who he's beat. I'm no just one. looking at attributes. No one. Right now, yeah, his, well, his G- attributes. G- right G- now, G- G- is He keeps shouting about Canelo, but we all know if he gets Canelo, he's getting destroyed. He's getting there. Uh, well, okay, when what, name? When was the last time GGG looked good? You're saying who's X Y Z? Yeah, well, Canelo. That's it. Yeah, Canelo. Yeah. Canelo. When was that? Is it Canelo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his career recently has been long because he hasn't been doing so it looked good in the first. Be, Canelo fight. Wait, wait, I'm looked, not sick. It, it looked good be, in the right? first Canelo fight, which was huh? the second Canelo fight. He did look good in the second fight. I thought, I thought second, no, no, second Canelo fight. He did look good, but Canelo won that for me. Okay, it was a close fight, but he looked good. You can't say he didn't look good. Yeah, he yeah, looked, it looked good. Okay, he looked yeah. good, but, but that's like three years ago. Yeah, fine. Canelo. Even, good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even in the decline, he's still better than Eubank Jr. Based on what? He's he struggled. He struggled against Devonshenko. You if that fight, fight, okay, if that fight gets me, we'll see. We'll see. Because we know GGG is not going to take it. That's not what his team wants to do. I think Eubank himself will lose his pet first. No, Eubank, Eubank not going to take him. Sorry. No, no, it's not about Eubank not wanting to take it. Like, I, can <laughs> bet, I will bet, I will bet my house, like that guy that bet on Eubank, that if the <laughs> fight gets offered to Triple G, they won't take it. Yeah, so I hear that. Now, now the if the, yeah, if the Eubank fight gets off, yeah, because now they won't take it because he's going to go for a unification fight. For, so why would he take Eubank? Okay, if he wins the unification, okay, if, doing... if he wins the unification, and that fight comes up, you won't take it unless he's forced to. 
If I'm if I'm if I'm Triple G, I'll be spiteful. I'll be no because he when we were meant to fight in 2016. No, but when they were meant to fight in 2016, he said no. I agree. I agree. I'm not. I'll be, I'm just telling you. He doesn't. But I'm saying I'll be spiteful. I'm a prick. I'm. So. I'm I hear that, but I'm telling you, not listen. Father times undefeated. I don't yeah. care how good you are or you were. You're yeah, an old yeah. man. You're 40 years old, and Triple G was never based. His style was never based on athleticism. However. The style required him to have a good um endurance, good chin, good punch yeah. resistance, good all that, all that sweet stuff. That declines with age. I don't yeah. care how good you think you are, which is why Devrachenko was hurting him. So now you're gonna fight a young athletic guy who's not as good as you technically. We all know that, but he's got an engine, he's got he'll throw hella punches, and he will not stand in front of you. And now you have to stop that guy. Triple G has to stop him to win. And as yeah. he has to, and as Chris looked like he's been seriously hurt in a fight. No, GG, um, Chris Eubanks' chin, which is why it's I feel so underrated, is it's crazy. Yeah, no, his chin's got a good chin. I hear you, Naheem, I fully hear you, and I, I'm, I'm getting you why you're dis dismissing him. But we literally just spoke before the, um, we went on air about Rodriguez, like these young, these guys that have youth. Boxing's a young man's sport. I don't care because we've seen Floyd and Bernard and we're thinking, no, it's a young man's sport. And GGG's trying uh, to cash out, which is why he wants the Canelo fight. I don't even think he cares about winning that fight. He's just trying to get... Yeah. So, like, he's, he's, now. he's just looking for that thing, isn't it? It's just, yeah, and I hear it. Fuck yeah. it. So, um, Chris Eubank Jr. right now is the wrong fight for him. <laughs> Who I do think is a wrong fight for Chris Eubank Jr. is Andre. Because this new That's style is trying to do... This new style is trying to do and be on the outside, and you don't want to do that against a guy who's longer than you, he's a better technical boxer than you, and he's a southpaw. It's all wrong for Eubank, and Eubank would have to actually attack him, and we know he can't do that. So, uh, an Andre fight's an L for him. But Charlo, I feel like he's, he's got a chance against him. I feel like he's got a chance against um, Murata. I feel like he's got a chance Murata, against maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mongia. I feel like he's got a chance against all these guys. I'm not saying he wins. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's got I a chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Um, so yeah, perfectly fine. Um, with Eubank, I just hope he gets because a lot of, there's a lot of talk. Either obviously the Saunders rematch, or people, a lot of people want him to fight. You know, uh, Ke uh Felix Cash, the um, British. Cash. Yeah. I want to see that man. I want I I want to see Cash against Williams. I want to see how Felix Cash still matches up against those type of opponents obviously level him up and see where he gets um how he looks but we'll see what they do with him and box obviously uh that's eubanks their staple um fighter so we'll see what fight they can secure him because they really need him to look good and also be winning fights but let's move across to the other side of the pond and go to pbc land so sam this is your territory uh we're going to be let's talk about the big uh welterweight comeback fight for keith thurman he won a UD decision over one Mario. Time Firman. <laughs> one uh, one almost every single round. Uh, he looked good even after coming back from a two and a half year layoff. So uh, I'm going to come to you, Sam. First, what do you think about it? Personally, um, didn't really particularly care. I didn't. I don't think he deserves credit for it. Um, he dropped off quite heavily as well, which was expected. I actually had the prediction as a split decision purely because of the layoff, and you know him, him fighting once in like four years or something like that. So, 
it did look good in the first half of the fight. Um, you can see the output just dropped off and got tired and Barry started coming back into the fight. Um, but for if you want to be honest, where Furman goes is a bit, I don't know, because he's not beating the uh, John Ennis's or that he's not even acknowledging exists. And he's not beating Spence or, Furman, or, or Crawford. So he's a bit of a no, man, like, no man's land right now to me personally. I, I sort of agree with that. I think um, his 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 next move is more, let's see what happens with Spence Ugas so I can get that Spence fight. Because I, th- I don't think he would fight someone like Crawford because, yeah, Spence and Crawford are sort of similar risk in terms of they're both brilliant fighters. But Spence is the more money fighter. Like That's the fight that will bring him more money. I don't think he's in that position where he's trying to get back to another world um, title. I think for him, it's just, let's let's give this another go and 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 see how much money i can make for it because he, he's taken too many years off and yeah he looked good against mario barrios but that's against a 140 pounder it did um, not look good bro decent. for a two and a half year comeback he looked decent and and compared to the top 147s even the top five you know the jaron ennis the virgil teases um he's gonna str- i feel like he's gonna struggle against them and i feel that's his strategy i think he's gonna go for one big fight and he's probably ended after that. Jide, what do you think about the whole performance and what Thurman's next move could be? I'll tell you now, I'm not going to be here to cap. I didn't watch the fight because it's a bullshit fight. Caught the highlights. But what I would say is Thurman should have stopped him. The only way you could have justified this fight is stopping Barrios because Barrios shouldn't have been in there with him. They, didn't, they were never in the same league, but he didn't. He coasted to a UD. And I don't care if it's your first fight back after two years. This you're not. I don't rate you. I don't rate it. And what makes me sick is before the fight I was talking. Oh, I want to fight Spence. I want to fight Crawford. I want all the big fish. Moments after the fight, it's like ah, Crawford's got um, issues with his promoter. I, I, he's basically dismissing that fight. He's not going to fight Crawford. So he's just here to just get his, his name back in the mix and try and get himself a big fight and cash out again. I feel like. The Pacquiao money is running low, so he's probably looking for um, on another big fight to cash out on. Because honestly, the guy is, is just a waste of space for me. Like he's been the biggest disappointment in terms of worldweight in a very long time, and I'm including Ipat, who's not fighting the guy I want him to fight. Oh my god, Sermon <laughs> has been a bigger disappointment because that guy when he was coming up one time, he was saying Floyd was ducking him. Which I agreed because he was a WBA mandatory and Floyd didn't want to fight him for whatever reason. Went and fought Berto instead. But anyway, he was he did that. And then when he became champion and Spence wanted to fight him, he tried to freeze out Spence. Like, bro, what do you want? And then you had your opportunity to fight an aging Pacquiao who's not fought in two years before he fought you. And you went and put that performance in. Like, and then after that, you basically semi-retired from boxing. So Thurman's lost all his juice, man. Everything that made him what he was coming up, he's lost it. So, yeah, I'm not. I'm not impressed that he went UD with Barrios because who's Barrios? I I just want to see what he's going to do next now because obviously he's dismissed the Crawford fight. He's not going to get the Spence fight, like no way at all. So, I just want to know what's going to happen with him. I mean, yeah, that's perfect. That's a perfect assessment, I'd say. Um, the thing I'd say with Thurman is he's probably just coming back because he needs surgery on his hairline because that shit. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, the years of his head getting pulled back in that ponytail has done him. 
I saw that Wayne um, photo and I'm thinking, this guy's head is gone. Um, but yeah, I mean, with Barrios, I, I feel like the last two fights for him was just like, especially at 140, he's not going to make that type of money. Take these fights, is what it is. Do your best and just get the money and get out in it. It's like, he was never going to make that type of money. Wherever money he did make, we'll see what the pay-per-view numbers are if PBC decide to release it or not. Um, I, I was actually surprised it was on PBC, that type of fight. Uh, Leo Santa Cruz also, also um, came back to a decision against Carbajal. Um, him, again, another, what, three years off as well. So, like... Like, these PBC guys, yeah. I just don't understand. Like, I don't care. They don't, it's like they don't care about their, their careers. Obviously, in boxing, no one's there to be... I feel like boxing's always been a situation where money first, I'm here to eat, I don't care about my... Le- my legacy comes second, which is fine. Like, at the end of the day, you're getting punched in the face. So I, I, I can't come and tell you what you want to do or what you shouldn't and shouldn't be doing with your with your career. However, boxing's a short career. Like, you're supposed to make as much money as possible while you physically can. So these guys taking three years, two years off, you're essentially shortening your earning um, window. You're shortening your... It's like us lot that we we have the opportunity to to work for basically... At, depending on what anyone any one of us does or whatever and then we're making x amount a year and then we decide oh fuck it we're gonna take three years off we've got kids we've got family we've got all that we're gonna take three years off and and then try go back in the in the working population and go straight back in where you work no it's it's three years is gone things have changed new players have entered someone else is doing your role probably better than you like <laughs> the guys that i'm seeing leaving uni when I left uni, they have way more skills than me in terms of like what they could do with their coding. With do you know what I mean? Like they could right. do so much more. So if I try to leave the workplace three years for three years or two years and come back and say, "Oh, I want the same job as him," then my, my employer is gonna look at me and be like, "Really, bro? You better get the hair, move, get out of here." So these guys like um, Santa Cruz, Thurman, I don't understand the thinking. Of taking these long layoffs, I do understand that apparently PBC they don't have as many dates they used to. They're running out of money, maybe all these rumors floating around. If that's the case, go to Heyman. Yo, Heyman, I know you can't get me these dates, but go work with a top rank, uh, a match room. I don't care. I'm the fighter. You're my advisor. You don't own me. Do you get what I mean? Get me out there more somehow. If it's not on your platform, get me out there. And I just don't get why these guys don't push. But Furman got married and had a kid. He don't really care about boxing like that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's that's why yeah. he's trying to catch that. It's as simple as that. Uh, with the th- the thing I don't like about Santa Cruz, I think he's still the champion, even though he didn't defend it in this fight. But he's still holding the belt since twenty seventeen. How, how does he get away with this? I don't, I don't understand. He's a, he's yeah. Hispanic. Oh, Same thing yeah. with the. Uh, Gary Russell in that same division when he had the belt for how long and he didn't defend it in like two years is it, it, it a shambles so and um, the regular champions obviously uh, Lee Wood he's fighting um, Conlon soon I don't know if they're going to upgrade him soon they or not upgrade that, huh? they need to just upgrade it yeah I don't know if they're going to upgrade him or force him to fight Santa Cruz after I don't know but they, they haven't made a clear decision yet as to what so that's a bit messed up and the fact that he's back I think they're just gonna let him be the champion now because he's come back now. So very weird that whole um division and how they dealt with the belts. Now moving on to the other side of the promotion at US. <laughs> yes, uh there's a big super flyweight fight happening. 
um, on the Zone show, Jesse Rodriguez uh, winning a brilliant UD decision over Carlos Quadras. Did any of you guys catch that fight? No, I didn't. I didn't watch it live, but I watched it um, in the morning. Yeah, what do you think of it, Jude? Yeah, I was I was thoroughly impressed. Um, um, Rodriguez, I did not I did not expect him to go move up and do that. I expected it to be a competitive fight. Again, he was going in there as favourite, but with these small guys, maybe it is easier for them to move up and down in weights because it's only like two pounds or three pounds between them. So it's nothing. Yeah, it's literally <laughs> nothing. But he's so young. He's the youngest reigning champion right now. So I feel like it was maybe be too inexperienced. But I remember I was saying to Naeem, like, Pacquiao, this is how Pacquiao got his break as well. It was a late replacement. Um, I forgot who he fought, but it was in you know, a lower weights, like maybe fly or bantam where I forgot who he fought, but it was a late replacement and went and just destroyed the guy, just destroyed him. And everyone's like, Wow, who's this guy? And that's how the, the legend began for Manny Pacquiao. So I feel like Rodriguez we is someone to look out for. In my opinion, I feel like it should go back down and do some more work in his natural division before um campaigning here. But at the end of the day. As we said, boxing is about money, and all the big money fights are in th- this current division. The current division is just one that's fighting. So, if if I'm his advisor, I'll tell him to stay. But if I'm him and I want to prolong my career and have like do all that legacy bullshit, I'll probably go back down. But yeah, yeah, I, I was thoroughly impressed by him because before this fight, I did watch one of his fights on the zone, and I was thinking he's a quality fighter, and you could tell that. Um, he's 22, so he's pretty young, and th- th- there was a big future for him. Um, and he recently signed his uh, DAZN matchroom deal. So the fact that he'd signed it, and then two days later, you know, Rung of his side pulled out with COVID. So on a week's notice, he took this, you know, title fight going two divisions up. Even though it is a few, it is a few pounds, still going up two divisions and fighting a title fight on one week's notice is a pretty big thing. You know, considering that you know a lot of people want you know the full twelve week camp or eight week camp, and he only took it on one week. He was in training, but wasn't training for Carlos. And the fact that he went in there, you know, got a knockdown in the second, I think the second or third round, you know, brilliant uppercut. He looked, he looked very good. The problem I have in that fight was he did look like the smaller man. It was like you, you could tell the difference. In, uh, Carlos had the punch power. He, he, he looked bigger. There were some punches he was taking. Jesse was taking. Where I was thinking, these aren't the punches that you want to have especially so early on in your career but the fact that he was able to you know take most of the rounds and win the belt is amazing and and that's how like jade said that's how you get your name out there is get the belt do something that do uh that's how you become a great do do things like this take take on one week's notice and um win the title in a division that you've never been in but i i agree with a lot of boxing periods where they say he should go back down again uh and and continue his um uh career there because there's a double edge where he can stay in this division get the big money fights against the chocolatitos the stradas the rung size but he will be the smaller guy and he will take it will be a harder fight than uh, carlos quadras but if he goes down he can easily um build his career and then when he's older and he he's developed more he can go up to those weights and win those fights but he's a brilliant um he's a brilliant boxer so if anyone hasn't watched that i suggest you go watch that and watch uh, Jesse Rodriguez's career and follow it because he's one to watch out for. Uh, guys like um, Shakur Stevenson, people rave about him. So I'd suggest you uh, watch that. 
So let's move on to what happened in the UK recently. We didn't get to talk about this. I think it happened like a week ago or something, but uh, which is the Fury White $41 million bid from uh, Queensbury in top rank. Want to get your guys' um, views on what's happening with that fight and how you think about what you think about the bid, uh, what you think about the who won it, so uh, and uh, what are your thoughts on the, the whole thing in general, the whole situation. So I'm going to come to you first, Jude. <coughs> so excuse me. Bless you. Bless you. Um, yeah. So the I think the matchroom, the 41 million bid thing, has been overstated. It's like the Fury fanboys and the um, anti matchroom lot. It's like they want they wanted Eddie and Matchroom to be visibly upset and angry that they lost the purse bid. And it's like obviously I believe the WBC and Top Rank colluded. Boxing's a corrupt sport. No, no, no. I'm I'm being dead I'm being dead serious. I do believe they colluded. This is what we've got to now. Huh? This is what we've got to now. No, it's not about this is where we got to. Like there's clearly animosity between the WBC and Dillian White. And They've never done this before. They agreed to a purse lower than their mandatory split because Top Rank asked for it. They've never done this before. So, like, it's not about this is where we got to. This we're, we're seeing, <laughs> we're seeing history live. So that 80-20 bullshit, like, that is because Dillian, they don't like Dillian. A lot of the boxing um establishment don't like matchroom don't like eddie hearn it's just what it is we you can't pretend that that doesn't exist so i do feel like you when you when you can just keep just keep it in the back of your head and then you can <laughs> when it's yeah. your turn. but yeah so the wbc i feel like definitely didn't do dylan and eddie any favors but however what eddie said that why would he try and overpay for promotion where he's giving Fury 80% of the money. That makes perfect sense. Like, why Why would you, if it's just as a businessman, why would you do that? Yeah, having the show would be great, but you're paying this guy 80% to come and potentially flog your guy <laughs> on your show, and you're going to pay him, or you're going to overpay, so you're going to lose money at the end of the day, so that's giving your your um your business and L. So I don't I actually don't think Eddie's that rattled that they lost the bid. What I do think find I, I do I find funny is people saying oh Dillian's quiet and he hasn't signed a contract. No, both of them haven't signed any contract. None of them have any contracts. So now that they've paid the 10%, which came out after funny enough, funny enough, after Eddie's interview, the WBC confirmed that they got their deposit. So now they're sending out contracts. Now, if Dillian doesn't sign a contract, then I'll be fully with everyone and putting pressure on him and saying, yo, what are you doing? Because Dillian White has to take this fight. I'm here. I'm Listen, I'm fighting your corner. You are being bumped because they're saying they now Wembley's looked at as front runners for the fight. This is the fight that these guys were saying, you're not worth 5 million for the fight. But now they're talking about Wembley because it's a huge fight. You're a huge name. You built your name. You're the third biggest selling guy in the country behind Fury and Joshua. When Fury ran off to America to do his American stuff, it was you, Joshua and Chisora literally pushing the sport forward for the heavyweights in our country. So you have a lot of personal um, value in this fight and you're being bumped. But regardless, if the arbitration comes back and it doesn't go in your favour, you have to take this fight. You have to go into a hostile territory and try and get that belt back. 
you, that, not even get it back. The belt you've never had, gay and blood. You have to flog Fury. So if he comes back and says, oh, I don't feel like it's fair, so I'm pulling out, then all the crits... I take back every single thing I've ever said in defence of Dylan White. Because, again, I criticised him for not taking the AJ opportunity, but I understood what he was trying to do. But understanding what you're trying to do now is out of the window. You finally got your shot. Take it. It doesn't matter what happened. It doesn't matter if there was money under the table and the numbers have been inflated, so they made sure they win the bit. None of that matters. What matters now is you have to sign for this fight. And if he doesn't fight, sign for this fight, the way I got into Canelo, that's what I always tell people. I'm very consistent. When I when I decide to turn on someone, it's because they've done something that I feel like is fucking bullshit. The same way I turned on Spence. I turned I initially I was against Canelo. I've turned on um Midget Tank, the P shooter. Like I will yeah, turn, turn on AJ. AJ listen, AJ has done nothing for me to turn on him. You're gonna, you're gonna turn on Brook in two in a few weeks' time. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not Brook has done nothing for me to turn on him. I don't after, need to... after Saturday, yeah. After Saturday, oh, after was... Saturday well, when, when he knocks out Khan, well, when he gets knocked out, <laughs> but, but yeah, so yeah, that's my take on it. Like Dylan White has to to ignore he has to use the bullshit that's happening as fuel and he has to go and he has to stop Fury. He's not going to win a decision, he has to go and stop him. So Good luck to him. Again, I don't feel like Fury is some iron-jawed guy. He's not. It can be stopped, but can Dylan be the guy that does it? We need to see. He needs to sign that contract and that fight has to happen in April. Samson, you're a rebuttal? Yeah, it's quite simple. Like, as much as we talk about Dylan White not picking, um, not basically feeling hard done by and so forth, yeah, this is boxing. It's prize fighting. You take the money to the table, you win the belt, and now you're the A-side. Same way Mayweather brought himself out of the contract. Same way Crawford's eventually now left top rank. We all know that some things, there's a lot of politics with boxing. Not everything falls in the da- rolls of dust the way you want it to roll. So, really, all the noise that White has been doing about 1,000 days and so forth, so forth, he should absolutely jump at his opportunity. All this, I'm going to call, sail it in the ring. You know, you don't like Fury that he claimed. You clearly don't care about money. Johnny Nelson always comes out saying, yeah. Um, didn't want to fight through for free. Well, mate, they've offered you more a career high payday, and you're still trying to scratch the pennies for like for more coins. You're taking a piss. Like we want the fight. Like the public wants the fight. The public's clamoring for the fight, and it's a good domestic fight. So, and you claim that you've been dying for this opportunity, or was you only dying for it when it was John Tewada? You're not so on it no more. Because now I'm actually starting to wonder what's going on. Do you feel like? You'd rather swerve it because it's getting weird. Like, I don't understand why. Yeah, you know what's really making me nervous. Before the purse bids, and um, once once they went to purse bids, yeah, and announced they're going to purse bids, and since then we have not heard a, a single word from Dylan White. All these interviews every other week talking about um, when he shot and what his opportunity, they've all gone away, they're completely dead, dead in the water, and that makes me think like maybe you didn't think that was going to happen. And you was gonna go and explore your options and just keep, you know, drumming, bum, um, banging that drum. And unfortunately, the first read on your lap, and now you're just gonna basically talk crap about money. But it is literally a career uh, higher payday by a long shot of law. So that's a bit conf- confusing and concerning for me. I don't, I don't think he had options though, like that. This is his only option. I feel like he was always gonna, he was always gonna try and push for the um, Fury fight. He was always gonna, well, he wanted the Fury fight. 
for the most money because, like I said, this is his first chance at the at the big time, and he wanted to get a ten milli, twelve, thirteen milli. Which again, this is a, is a price fire. This is their job, right? This is. I'm not mad at someone trying to get the most money out of a situation. And I do feel like he's been seriously bumped. So, but it don't matter. Like you said, it doesn't matter if you've been bumped. Mayweather got bumped fighting, um, um, what's his name? Oscar De La Hoya. But getting bumped against Oscar is different from getting bumped against Fury. Getting bumped against Oscar, you're getting 20 mils. <laughs> you're getting you're getting 10, 15 M's. You're getting big P's. It doesn't matter the split is giving you. You're getting the huge money. Getting bumped against Fury, yeah. Obviously, it's still a lot of money. Eight it's mil, eight, lot eight million. But it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not. Okay, but like, I don't want to jump, bring this back up. But when they were given certain bronze bum, his career high payday offers, he was saying no. He's like, no, I'm, I'm worth more than that. So we can't, we can't get mad at these guys who are always trying to get way more than they feel like they're worth in certain situations. But I will say that. He he has no options. He has nowhere to go. Ottawaland fought in the weekend and he looked shit. Like I, again, this is one thing that everyone was talking about Ottawaland like he's some killer because he gave Fury a hard fight. This is why I I love heavyweight boxing. I can't wait for when Tyson Fury gets beat. I'm gonna troll. Like I felt like I was gonna troll hard with the Wilder stuff, but the Wilder one, it just it was so pathetic. Like after he took his L, he just it was just perfect. So I couldn't. I trolled, but it was more. I'm sad. Like if Fury loses, if Fury loses, oh my god! <laughs> Twitter will ban me that day, man. Twitter will hundred percent ban me that day because the boxing media, Gareth Davis and them, have turned Tyson Fury into the greatest boxer since sliced bread. And anyone who looks good against him, they overhype. Otto Wallen looked disgusting in the weekend. Disgusting. It looks so bad, so trash. And they were talking about this guy because he gave Fury a tough fight. This is what a lot of casuals, and I'm starting to realise a lot of so-called quote-unquote hardcore boxers, they don't believe in styles make fights. It's like people don't believe in that mantra. They just believe you are the best because you're the best. No one can fuck with you. Which is why when they say stuff like, oh, Wilder will kill Chisora or Wilder will kill Dylan White. It doesn't matter what you think. It really does not matter. Put them in together and let us see it happen because we've seen worse. Imagine um, Buster Douglas Tyson. They said, oh, everyone was saying Tyson was going to kill Douglas. They were going to, oh, he's going to destroy him. And because of that, they didn't let the fight happen. If, if Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson were in 2022, that fight would never have happened because all the boxing fans and boxing media would be like, oh, it's, it's, it's a funeral. Never, don't let Buster Douglas fight that guy. Like, styles make fights. And Tyson Fury, stylistically, certain men are bad for him. And we need to see these fights happen. So stop. I hate when they're using all these obscure boxes he pulled out the thin air. Like Tyson Fury made this guy's career, you know, because he, <laughs> my man looked good against Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury plucked him out of obscurity and man busted his face up. And they're like, wow, Otto Wallen, this guy might be the, the second coming of Jesus. But what, anyway, that, that's, a, that's a next tangent. So yeah, like White has to take this fight. He has, to, he has no other options. If he doesn't take this fight, I'm on him. It's that simple. Pause. Uh, you lot love your um sliced bread analogies. You know what? Kingsville Hove set us up for a sponsorship. Every time we say best things in sliced bread, we'll just hold it up for product placement. But, um, <laughs> but uh, no, no, the one thing I'm just curious about this fight if it does get obviously signed and made is if it does Wembley or Millennium Stadium, which were the two um venues that were discussed, does it do you guys think it sells out completely? 
Yeah, like eighty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't think it does like eighty, ninety thousand. But I feel like they can do sixty, seventy easy. So that's, that's, that, that's the thing. The millennium one and and uh, um, oh, seventy thousand plus. Yeah, I feel like they should do millennium. They shouldn't. I don't feel like they should. They should either do the men, Old Trafford, or um, or the millennium. They shouldn't do Wembley. Wembley is. To sell out Wembley, it's a lot, man. You just need the, the stars need to align. Yeah. The stars need to align for a Wembley fight. And I feel like a Dillian White Tyson Fury fight, though it's a big fight, I don't feel like it's a stars, it's aligning kind of fight. AJ Fury, that's a boy, they need to create extra capacity in Wembley for that. Like they do that in Wembley. They do that in Wembley to be fair. They oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy, easy. Like they can do Wembley. I, I, and... I definitely so, feel that like, like both fights are like I think it's just a big domestic heavyweight fight in the UK. Yeah, that's actually you know I'm fighting on world level. I've ever seen three in the UK for a number of years, um, and it's actually a good fight. Not it's not one sided in any stretch. Yeah. I definitely believe that that fight does the, the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna. It's gonna be I don't think it was set in ten minutes, but I think before, uh, in the promotion after fight, the fight will be saw that. Well, I think it's a good. De- mm-hmm. I think I think it's Why a good determiner though. Whether or not Fury and White are the stars that we think they are, because obviously when it comes to like AJ, we don't question it. Oh, can he sell this out? We know it. Like if Usyk AJ is going to happen in Wembley, we know that that's probably going to sell out. I think this, at the end of it, if this fight does get made and if it gets made in Wembley or or um, the Cardiff Arena, we'll, we'll see how big of stars these two really are if they're able to fill out a whole stadium. But yeah. they should do. But we'll see at the end of it. I guess it's it's one of those ones. Um, now, moving on to the other side of the heavyweight division. Um, recently, um, AJ's, uh, not AJ, Usyk's manager was in an interview and they were saying um, that AJ and his team are trying to push the, uh, their talks of trying to push the rematch in June so that AJ has more time to develop, uh, develop and uh, have more time with his trainer, basically, gel with his trainer. What do you guys think of that? I'm going to come to you first, Jide, and then you, Samson. Um, it's obviously the smart thing to do. But I don't feel like that. No time is going to be enough. <laughs> that is what um, AJ and his team needs to realize. Obviously, the later the fight gets delayed, the better it is for them. But one camp isn't enough to beat um, Usyk via boxing. It's just not enough. So, whatever this camp are trying to do and who they're trying to get as a coach, and I've even seen Roy Jones Jr. say he would love to train Anthony Joshua. I don't know what he's season, but I just feel like he said, it says he would love to train him in how to maybe beat Usyk. And I feel like the only way he can beat Usyk is to disguise his punch, hide his, his uppercut or, or straight right hand and unload it. That's the only way he's going to beat Usyk. He's got to catch him off guard when Usyk is coming in with a straight left hand, slip, left hook or or throw a left hook with him. Like He's not going to beat Usyk by setting something up isn't like a jab and then a right and it's just not it's not gonna work this guy's too slick so um i feel like that is why they want to extend the camp to work on maybe that one trick that just that trick that can catch him and it's again it's the best thing to do i still don't feel like six months is enough or four months now or whatever they're trying to do um it's going to be tough but listen it's the a side at the end of the day and if Usyk wants money, he's gonna he's gonna say yes, like he did <laughs> in the first fight. They said yes to all the demands. They got the money. They, so the same thing's gonna happen again. Eddie Earn's gonna throw the bag at him. 
they're gonna accept the June. No matter as long as they fight, I don't really care. But I just don't like the division being like delayed because now what's gonna happen is after Dwight um Fury happens and we get a winner, Usyk, let's say Usyk beats AJ in June, White um Fury if Fury wins because Fury is fucking dickhead, he's gonna say, Oh, between April and June. X amount of months has gone by. I want to. I want to warm up or some bullshit like that. We'll take a dead fight in the interim. Then now Usyk has to fight all his mandatories because he's got four free belts, and then we're going to end up getting a fight in 2023, which is what I don't want to happen. I want to see an undisputed champion in 2022, and I feel like delaying the fight to June increases the odds of it going to 2023, unless Dylan White pulls the upset, which again. We don't know if that will happen. So, Fair enough, Samson. Your thoughts on the potential rematch being in June? Wait. Let me keep it simple as this year. I said it before. I think, and I and I thought, and I think when I said it here, yeah, I was slightly saying in banter with like a slight um, element of potential truth to it. I think AJ wants to swerve this fight, and I don't think it's a bad idea at all if he does it. But I think he wants to swerve it, like. If he swerves it, I totally get it. But the problem is, which is a lot of boxing, that is trying to control the perception and pushing a fight out to June, like you said, what Majid um, was leading to, that one fight camp isn't going to solve the issues that you're trying to face in Usyk. Yeah, and you're just not going to get enough time to then incorporate that style. You need to, you know, job with trainer, get go for a couple camps and then start incorporating what the guys, what your trainer trying to teach you. Age just hasn't got the time in his hands to do that. And he's been basically looking for a trainer for about a couple of months. And we're now in the new year in February with no with no trainer um like announced and no fight announced. I honestly feel like the lifeline of getting easy to take that fight, uh, take the Fury fight, was the blessing that that he wanted like massively. And the fact that he couldn't, that's not gone through. It's probably scrambling a bit. So that's why I think it's been pushed back. Um, and I honestly feel like if they get an angle to this swerving fight. Yeah, uh, my, my issue has just been I hate that these heavyweights, especially the big stars, I don't like it when they do like one fight a year or um, like two fights a year, especially Usyk himself. He's also been recently on that trend where he's been fighting like once a year. He has been fighting as regularly as he, he should be. So both of them, I think that's why we kind of wanted it in April or May get that regularity going in as well because you want to be fighting more often. We want to see more of you rather than once a year. And if it happens in June, I mean, it's better in terms of timing just because for everyone else, like it's in the summer, it's more accessible where people can go out to it and everything. Um, you know, could be, there's more time can be spent on it. But again, for business, I think it makes sense and 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 their, um, their, their camps, for AJ's camp. But in terms of, for fans, especially hardcore ones, we kind of want to see this done already. Like Jude said, we want to move it on so that we can get the bigger fights in the division as well. But yeah, uh, that was brilliant. And we're going to end off, last thing, um, on the about the um, ringside uh, golden boy, the one, the fighter that we all love. Uh, Ryan Garcia announced to fight Emmanuel Tagbo in his comeback fight in, I think, April. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think? Emmanuel Tagbo, I thought it was um, Ahara Davis. No, no, it was Emmanuel Tagbo. No, I've not seen the picture of it. It looks like he's twin or something. I was so baffed. Let me see. I'm going to look it up. <laughs> <laughs> he looks proper at Davis. 
It's Tagbo. But you go joking. Go have a look. But let me go have a go over But what do you think about that fight, um, Samson? First, I don't have a Scooby Doo who Tagbo is. Yeah, first of all, and secondly, Ryan Garcia is a big ass bum man. Like he might. It's be not. Great. It's not Tagbo. It's Tago. My bad. <laughs> Tabo. Oh, look at you. Tabo. Well, yeah. No one knows him. You can't blame me. No, yeah, yeah, no, no, no one knows him. No one knows him. To be but, fair, are you done or are you still? Uh... Yeah, that's basically a bum, man. Like, um, to be fair, um, to the social media fighters, um, what's it called? To give him a small defense, they did try to make the Isaac Cruz fight, and it was the Cruz people who fucked that up, which is why. Okay, turn around and said they don't hear turn around said they didn't sign the contract. They try and say we offered you more money and stop stop yeah. about yeah, I, I can't lie, it's the it's the cruise people. The cruise people basically what what I'm telling you what's gonna happen with the cruise lot. This is just a typical PBC bullshit. They told him, listen, don't fight no fucking Ryan Garcia, chill. My boy will deal with Romero, then we can have the rematch, which we feel you deserve. Listen, if that happens, yeah. Oh god, if that happens. You call me a save this little. I hope this little snippet gets saved because I might have to play the lottery. I promise you. I I know how the PBC works now. Like we should. We all know how these guys work. There goes our sponsorship. <laughs> but <laughs> but the the cruise people don't want to ruin um Isaac Cruz's value because his value went way up against Tank because he put up a good effort. If he gets flatlined by Ryan Garcia, that is is gone. It's probably not going to happen, but again, it's a possibility because Garcia can punch. So I won't lie, this wasn't this that fight falling through wasn't the fault of um, the Garcia side. So now they're fighting Tabo, and Tabo, I don't know this guy. Nobody knows this guy. We're just having this Ryan Garcia guy continue to cosplay as a boxer again, and yeah, it's, I, I don't care about the fight. The fight's going to happen when it happens. I just want this guy to finally take his mandatory. Can this man take his mandatory? We're waiting for him. Like the streets are waiting for him to take his mandatory. Like they've given you two shots, you turn two down. So what, what what's gonna happen? Let's say Devin Haney gets the Cambosis fight. That's another thing. Cambosis is moving like an absolute prat. He's just milking this whole situation. But let's say Haney gets the Cambosis fight. Let's say Haney wins all the belts. Are you gonna fight him now, Garcia? Or are you going to say, oh, I can't be mandatory for four belts and try to create your own Garcia championship? I don't know. Because <laughs> this guy, I just don't understand what's going on in that division. But yeah, man, no one really cares about the Garcia Tabo fight. I, I, and I feel sorry for Golden Boy because I guess the guarantee purses for Garcia must be sky high because they lost Canelo. So <laughs> I'm sure he probably renegotiated and said, yo, I want X, Y, Z because I'm the main man now. And if you don't want Golden Boy to fail, you better pay me. You and the that one guy, him. <laughs> do you, no, but do you get what I mean. And and he's not fighting anyone. He's not bringing you no money. You, you haven't got him on a three sixty deal. So all this social media posts, you're not eating off it. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing with this boy? So I, I don't know, man. Ryan Garcia, his career is not serious. I, I only care about the serious fighters. So <laughs> until we fight someone serious, again, like I said before, Cruz falling through wasn't his fault, but. He shouldn't just be chasing chasing crews. But yeah, uh, the the thing about Golden Boy, I think this, they still have you know Virgil, so I think that's still one of the avenues for them because Virgil is someone we know 
that can become a multiple world weight world champion and in the future he's going to be a big star but yeah with ryan what pisses me off is in january so last january not this one he beat, obviously beat campbell called out tank uh who was he call out haney he went up to haney's face stuff like that um and then he was he was man so he won the wbc interim in that fight against campbell when he won brilliant fight won it well done got the mandatory and like jay said turned it down to fight another wcb wbc mandatory with fortuna turned and then pulled out of that fight because of whatever and then um did not then tried to set another mandatory fight with jojo diaz for devin haney's when he could have just fought for the title so he fought, tried to fight two different mandatories for a mandatory that he already had and then pulled out of that because he said oh my hand are hurting and then um now he's been talking all this shit. Oh, I, I would like to fight Cambosos. I'd like to fight Teofimo's rubbish. I'd like to fight Haney, stuff like that. And then you go and fight Emmanuel Tago, who no one knows. And even if you go on BoxRec, it says inactive because he's he hasn't fought since 2020. So, like, it, again, like you said, he's not serious, but it's one of these ones where it's just annoying when he chats shit and then doesn't do anything about it. And where his career goes, we'll see. I mean, you know. All his age mates are, are like leaping him in like light years. They're doing their thing. They're going after the belts. They're doing whatever. So whatever he's going to do, we'll see. But I think also Golden Boy know they've got a damaged product on their hand where they've got time. They've got a bit of time left before it, you know, it gets it, it gets exposed and then they can't make much more money off of him. So we'll see what happens with it. But yeah. And I think that wraps up for this week. Anything else anyone wants to add? Huh? Um, PBC... <laughs> the ground matchroom queensbury in top rank no i'm joking man um <laughs> I, next week next week's going to be a big one um join us we might be doing a, a live stream we might be doing spaces we don't know yet but hey listen the the prediction league's he heating up prediction league heating up so i'm trying to win a prize because i'm hearing there's a prize for anyone who's doing it so i'm trying to win that prize i'm hearing there's a samson's putting down a, a patek <laughs> or, or Rolex. So if you lot want to win that, you already know what you have to do, man. So get Spiral. get involved. I tweet yeah. the other day. I tweet the day. If you're looking in the future, yeah, get magnifying glass or whatever you need. The time machine. Go to the future. Get twelve months from now, you'll see that I was a kid the winner. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, um, yeah. If you haven't if you haven't seen that, go on our Twitter and there's a prediction link that we started. Uh, basically, started yesterday. So only on week one, so you still got time to join and catch up. Furman f me up, man. I was taking home maximum points. <laughs> well, yeah. you knew that I needed, the, I needed the UD to hold that for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the watch along, we were proper praying that it goes to UD, especially after the first three knockdowns. Um, it's very scary, but yeah. Um, so if you haven't joined, join now. It, it'll be it's a fun way to just get involved and put put some predictions in, see what happens. And hey, if you win, you win big. You know, there's prizes to be won. So. Um, so please give us like and subscribe and give us we're on Spotify and Apple music uh, Apple podcast or music uh, yeah, Apple podcast that's it thank you uh, give us five stars on that and uh, we'll see you in the next week I'm coming for you is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this in seven eight seconds for this fight I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight I had to bury my best friend and I dedicated this fight, I wasn't going to fight, I dedicated this fight to him, I was going to rip his heart out, I'm the best ever, I'm the most brutal in Michigan, most ruthless champion there's ever been, there's no one could stop me, Lynch is a conqueror, no, I'm Alexander, he's no Alexander, I'm the best ever.
There's never been anybody who's I'm Sonny Liston, I'm Jack Dempsey, there's no one like me. I'm from their floor, there's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious. I want your heart, I want to eat your children. Praise be to Allah. Sports Social Podcast Network.